Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the table today. I am sitting here and both of us are drinking our coffees this morning and I'm sitting with Joy Pittner. And Joy, I I cannot wait for us to have this conversation today. Um, We're going to be talking about something that I believe that most of us as moms have wrestled with. And, um, And that is this idea that the way we can get through our days has to be hanging on hopes and things other than Jesus. Now, today we're going to be talking about the fact that my friend Joy posted a post on her Instagram that said, Jesus is bigger than my glass of wine. And so we're going to be addressing the concepts of glasses of wine. But more than that, y'all, today we're really going to just be talking about how Jesus is our mainstay, how he is our anchor. So without any more talk about what we're talking about, Joy, I am so glad you're here. I am excited. I want you to introduce yourself and your family to us, and then we'll get going. All right. Well, thank you, Bethany. I am so excited to be on this. I have binge watched, listened to your podcast many times. It's been a source of so much encouragement for me as a mom. So I am just thrilled that you asked me to be on here. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So my husband, Brad and I, we've got two kids, Marilyn and Jack. They are 12 and 11 right now. Nice and tight, close babies, 16 Mm -hmm. months apart. Mm -hmm. Um, We live in Charleston, South Carolina. I was, I'm from Michigan originally. He's from Colorado. And then we met working in the music industry in Nashville together, then got married, moved to Charleston, and then helped his family open a specialty kitchenware store. And that was 16 years ago, about Four years into it, we fell in love with the business and then bought it from his parents and expanded it. And then we've just kind of been running with it ever since. We love it. So we spend our days teaching people about how to cook and hospitality and um, just everything that has to do with the kitchen. We love it. But we have a little mini hobby farm where we live. So we've got chickens and a pig. My daughter rides horses. I'm a big gardener. um, And I love Jesus. I know. <laughs> I know. And I love y'all have to go follow her on Instagram if you do not, because she makes cooking and having people over and hospitality so approachable. And so um, you just equip, you equip. And I think you equip in a way that it's not fancy, but it no. makes you and me free, free to enjoy the evening. Like we're not trapped in being the Martha in the kitchen. Like we can enjoy the evening with our friends. Um, And yet, I mean, and I love, I mean, honestly, honestly, you put out a reel and this, well, this is going to date this podcast recording it, but it was just so funny to me. The reel about the turkey and saying it is time. And I was like, (laughs) he's right. 
I've got to go get my turkey. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I thought, um, uh, and so I, I, I watch you all the time. I've done so many of your things and taken so many. I I mean, honestly, this is what we fall in love with, with our business. And we've been doing this for 16 years, but customers come in our store every day and we get to talk to them about how they're entertaining or what they're cooking at home. And so many customers come in and they're just nervous or trying to figure out how to do things and decorating their, setting their tables. And cause they've got people over and they feel this pressure or cooking things for the first time for other people. And so we're walking through people through entertaining all the time. And we've been seeing it for 16 years, the stress and pressure people put on themselves. And so it's so rewarding when you can take that off of people and just help them realize like, it's not about that. <laughs> Like that, we're doing that and it's a fun way to bless people and it's really fun and it's enjoyable, but that's not the substance. It's not what it's about. And there's this burden that lifts off people when you start talking about that and then it just gets fun instead of stressful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I mean, we are called to have people in our home and we're called to enjoy that and learning that though, learning that, that, that you can make this enjoyable and not stressful is an important, I think, learn. Like I had to go through that. I had to learn that. It is. It's a, it's a perspective shift. And that's, I think um, my friend Casey and I always, we call it gospel centered hospitality. And we think once you get that perspective shift of understanding the purpose of hospitality and why we're instructed to do it and how God uses hospitality. I mean, the, the dining room table is one of the most powerful places for people to hear and speak the gospel because through, hospi- through hospitality, you have this ability to make people feel accepted and loved and wanted. And in that they open up and they're willing to hear what you have to say. And they, they open up and they're willing to share more. And so you're creating through hospitality, you're creating an environment to speak to people's hearts and to tear down walls. That's the whole point of hospitality. Food is just a little mechanism we use to like get there. (laughs) Yes. That is so, that is worthy of its own amount of time. (laughs) Its own podcast, but interestingly enough, what we're talking about today, will kind of feed into that because Well, well, you'll see, we'll get there. Yes. So you posted, you posted an Instagram post that said, well, you, you do these boards. And I've been doing these boards for a couple of years now, these Jesus is bigger boards. And they're always so good. I always am wanting to like pound that like button. Like, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) It's so much bigger than all of that. Because all of them are trappings that we as women, I mean, I know I fall into I'm believing that it's this, or I need to focus on this, or I need to focus on this, or I need to trust in this, or I need to relax with this, or I need to rest in this and learning the sufficiency of Jesus, that he is overarchingly fully sufficient. So you put a board up that said, Jesus is, you can share it. (laughs) So the one that you reached out to me about was that Jesus is bigger than my glass of wine and just kind of speaking against the narrative that's out there that as moms, as women, as people, we need our glass of wine at the end of the day, for whatever reason, to get through a hard day, to celebrate a good day, like that it becomes this, you know, thing that we need. Yes. And we don't, Mm -mm. it's good. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I mean, I'll tell you firsthand, Brad and I, we enjoy our alcohol. (laughs) We enjoy our wine. We sell wine at our store. So we go to Sam, we try lots of wines. Brad has a amazing palate. Um, 
you know, and he's also, he's a big bourbon fan. He has guys over, they do bourbon and cigars. And it, I mean, which ironically is one of the most powerful places he gets to share the gospel with men is when he invites them over for cigars around a bonfire <laughs> and they have a glass of bourbon and they're talking about Jesus. So yeah. there's a way that it, it's not to say any of this is a bad thing. Um, I think it's very biblical to say that everything that God's created and given us is meant to be for good. Mm-hmm. But it's how it's our perspective of it. It's how we use it that can turn it from being something good into an idol that we place over Jesus. And just having that perspective helps us keep it in line of where it's supposed to be. Yes. And I love I, I love that because I do think that especially over the last two years, I have I have done this in lots of different things. And God has been very faithful in going. That's an idol. That's you're putting your hope, you're putting your trust, you're putting your happiness in something other than me, Bethany, because in the last few years, it's just felt like it's felt like a hot mess. And so I wanted that. And and one of those places has been one. And I've heard it from so many of my friends. Yeah. People saying, well, I just I just need a glass of wine. Yeah. Well, I know. I think that's when I wrote this post, I think that's what had really gotten under my skin that I wanted to combat is that I felt like I was hearing this narrative that mommy needs a glass of wine narrative. It was just as popular in my Bible studies as it was in like a workplace environment. Yes. It was everywhere. You know, you go to Instagram where it's not all, you know, believers, right? Yeah. And it's very popular there, but then I'm also seeing it in my Bible study. And I was like, hold on, (laughs) there, that that shouldn't be there. We need to talk about this. And we do because, so how do you, how do you see it? Because I think before we go into therefore, then what is where we are going to hang our hopes? We want to identify where, and you did sort of, I I mean, I think you did a really actually beautiful job. I kind of want you to reiterate, where do you see a glass of wine. Where do you see even, I mean, bourbon, I mean, like, where do you see that yeah. sitting? It's not this black and white issue of like, wine, alcohol is bad and you should never mm-hmm. have it or alcohol is good and leave it be. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not this thing. And that's, I feel like that again, kind of goes back to those biblical principles that Paul was always talking about when he's like, all things are permissible, but not everything's beneficial. And yes, you can, you, you can eat anything you want, but also be careful, you know, that you're not offending your conscience. You need to know what you believe. And I think that's the, that's kind of the nut we all need to kind of get into a little bit is what do you actually believe and what's in your heart? Where is your conscience at? Because I think part of the problem is that a lot of people, we just kind of drift through life on these kind of things. And you just, you start hearing these things and you hear them and you just kind of go with it because it's funny and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, there's, there's some people who are like, just, you're taking it too seriously. It's just a joke. Yes, it is a joke. Let's not pretend we don't need to, uh, you yeah, know, right. <laughs> it is a joke, but it's also something that gets into your head. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's just stopping and pausing for a minute going, what am I, where am I really at on this? Am I just joking? Or am I not? Where is my heart really at? And just, I think that was the heart of the board was not this deep conviction moment of, you know, let's put a line in the sand and say alcohol is bad. No, (laughs) it was just this more of stop for a minute and just check yourself, check your heart, check your conscience and see where are you, like, where are you falling into that? Is it a joke or is it kind of not? 
Yeah. You know, and I think we just need to know where our own hearts are at and we need to know where truth is at. And that's where, I mean, you just have to go back to scriptural truth, not letting the world define truth for you, not letting science or health, you know, documentation exactly. or Instagram narratives or what's popular culture. None of that can define your truth. It has to be scripturally defined. Yes. Right. And so I think that's our perspective. I mean, and so you take this whole conversation about alcohol and wine and you got to put it into that. <laughs> right. Right. And it is not biblical to say we can't drink. I mean, that's not biblical, um, but there are parameters around it. It should not be an idol. It, it should not be the thing we run to, to fix things right at the end of a hard day. Um, we should never drink so much that we don't have control of ourselves. That's biblical. Mm -hmm. And with that, in that same line of it, it says we're, you know, we should look like we're drunk off the Holy Spirit, right? So, <laughs> I mean, do you get that much joy? Do you look forward to your time with the, like, intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Like, I get more jazzed about getting to go in my little room and close the door and have my quiet time, just me and the Lord and just abiding with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, what are you going to talk to me about today? And yeah. talking with them. I get more excited about that than I do a glass of wine any day. And I yeah. would take that over a glass of wine seven days a week. Yes. Right. And so it's kind of like, where's your heart? What are you truly looking forward to most? What do you look at? And you're like, that's really going to fill me up. That's mm -hmm. really going to help heal my wounds. That's what's really going to bring me peace. Which one is it? Right. Because the, the truth is that glass of wine for a moment might cause a momentary peace where like you sit, right. but it is the true peace that passes all understanding that our hearts are hungry for that. Yeah. We're really longing for. And I think exactly what you said is so important because when we are keeping this idea that we've had a discouraging day, we've had a really hard, bad day, whatever it is, in the times where I have been able to, and I think this is a hard space. So this is where I want to go into is that, so I get to the end of my day and I am, I'm still parenting children who make me uh, <laughs> fight them to go to bed. You know, right. we're still like, I don't know, <laughs> there's probably go to bed or they're willing to put yes. themselves to bed. Or, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I am in that space where I'm like, wrestling and you know please go in the bathroom and go potty and let's brush your teeth and let's get in your pajamas and you know and it's all of that at the end of the day and I need another glass of water and I think I have a headache and right and so you get to the end of a very long day and for me and I know that for a lot of mamas sometimes you feel like you're not ending well you know you so it, it it's like yeah. Oh, oh, finally, you know, I can shake it all off and get down the stairs and, oh, you yeah. know, and what I have found is if I can take a few minutes right there, there's an invitation from the Lord to pause with him. Yes. And, and to go, okay, God, wow, that was a day or wow, that was just an ending to a day, you know? Because sometimes I'm like feeling good about the day until we hit the back. And yeah. then I'm like, what just happened? The whole end of this day just totally got torpedoed. 
But yes, I know that feeling very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, but it is in that if I can encourage moms who are sitting here going, I think I may have begun to believe culturally that storyline of you get your kids in the bed and you can go enjoy right. a glass of wine. My encouragement to you is what I have found is if I can get my kids in the bed and go enjoy, just like you said, go enjoy a little moment with Jesus and let him reset and reframe. Yeah. I mean, do you find that? I do. I mean, because in that situation, like this is, this is reality. Like not every day is a walk in the park, right? There are hard days and it's okay to admit that. (laughs) And it's okay. You know, we can sit there and have a hard day. And like you said, we can take a few minutes and just kind of adjust our perspective. I think we need that even in the middle of the day, in those hard moments with kids, Mm -hmm. there's so many times that I just need to take a few minutes to just get my perspective back because it's so easy to lose it in the moment Mm -hmm. to lose, kind of start feeling hopeless about something to start losing patience, frustration, anger. They they can kind of sneak up on you. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to take a few minutes and you let Jesus recenter your heart and recenter your mind. And then when you're in a good place, there's nothing wrong with going and having a glass of wine. Right. <laughs> like, and that's, yeah. that's the whole point. Like wine is not an, not an evil here. Um, mm-hmm. It is something God has given us and it's a good thing for us to enjoy, but we just need to make sure that when we're sitting down to have it at night, we're not, <sighs> okay, this glass of wine is going to make it better. Mm-hmm. We've already stopped and we've had that moment. We're letting Jesus realign us. Yes. And then, then we're going and having the glass of wine and it, 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 it's where it's at in your heart with your conscience. You're not violating your conscience when you do it that way. Well, because my, honestly, my bigger issue than having like glasses of wine aren't super, super tempting to me, but do you know what I will do? I don't know if this is my personality too, but I'm going to totally confess here. I will walk down the stairs after a bad day or if it's like been a hot mess of a day and it's in the afternoon and like all my kids are now in bathrooms having time out, I can do it there too. Yeah. I will get online and I, oh, I'm so bored. I will, I will buy stuff. I will like shop. shop. I will shop. I mean, like I've learned now to temper it and like just throw it in carts, Bethany. But, but the reality is, the reality is I'm allowing and this is, and people may go, mm, you're really picking on this, but I'm, I'm not, I don't believe what I'm allowing to happen is I'm overwhelmed by a lot of other things. And so I will go and it may be for me, it may be for a kid. It may be for, you know, I'll go start throwing stuff in a cart or I'll buy a few things and it will in that second make me go, Oh, okay. I feel a little better, but what I've done is I've allowed this temporary, like you said, Band-Aid, I've allowed this temporary moment of I'm going to deal with my overwhelm or I'm going to deal with my discouragement or my whatever with feeling happy Yes, shopping online. Yeah. And instead of, again, instead of going, Lord, I, I, I just, I need you to help me reframe my perspective. And then if my kids need new shirts, I can go shop for new shirts, but the new shirts are not, acting like a false 
balm on my soul. I mean, like, which is really what I'm letting them do. And, and yeah. that's an embarrassing one for me. I'll be honest because it is, but I will do it. But I think we all, I mean, everybody has their different things that they go to, you know, yeah. how many people go to food to comfort them? Mm-hmm. They are getting upset. They want to eat a piece of chocolate. They go for the ice cream. They go for, yeah. you know, try to feed themselves. Right. It could be wine. It could be a cup of coffee. It could be exercise. There's a lot of people who got to exercise to get it out. And there's scientific reasons why those things make us feel better. Why the shopping makes us feel better and the coffee and the wine and the working out and the job, like all of it, we can sit there with our natural knowledge and be like, this is self-care, nah. <laughs> but that's not biblical. Right. And that's where we need to like, keep our like natural knowledge, human knowledge and spiritual knowledge. And which one trumps? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. And so it's not so much about self-care. It's about soul care. Mm-hmm. That was, that's like my big, ha, I could write a whole board on that one, which I'm probably going to do at some point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> self-care is good. You know, like there's a reason God gave us all these things. Yes. They do help us in a lot of ways, but they're never going to be the answer we need. It's just putting a bandit is it's kind of stifling and shoving down all the things that we really need to deal with. We have this rise up in us, these feelings, these emotions, this frustration with our kids, not knowing what to do. They're in the bathrooms. You've got to go deal with them. And we're just like, you know what? I'm going to jump on Instagram for a minute and just stroll scroll for no reason, because I just want to check out. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to self-soothe and check out instead of going to Jesus and saying, help me, help me figure this out. Help me just, and if you don't know what to pray, that's okay. Sometimes we don't know. And I think we just live in this culture that always, it's always talking, always knows what to say. And there's a, there's a place to say, I don't even know what to pray, but I know that I need you. And you're the only thing that's going to fix this right now. You're the only thing that's going to give me peace. Even if you can't fix it, you'll give me peace right now. Um, You're the only one who can get through to my kids' hearts. I can talk till I'm blue in the face, but I need you and I need your power. Yes. Please, you know, and going to that instead of all these other things that we could go to, including our glass of wine, right? aren't really going to fix anything, but just kind of take us away from going to Jesus when we need to. Mm. And then we can still enjoy those things. (laughs) Right. Because they're in the right, they're put in the right place. Exactly. They're all things that are good and meant for our good. They just have to be in the right place or they become an idol. Mm-hmm. Like that's been with the Jesus is bigger boards. That's what sparked on pretty much all of them is I start hearing these narratives that I'm like, that's not the right narrative. And we need, and I start seeing it in Christian circles. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's rewrite the narrative. Like that's not biblical truth. Yes. Self-care is good, but that's not the essence of what we need. I mean, this whole Jesus is bigger than wine or Jesus is bigger than my glass of wine. It's, I mean, I just pulled wine as an example um, because I think so it's so just prevalent in culture right now This I need a glass of wine, but the truth is you could substitute anything, right? Jesus is bigger than my cup of coffee. Do we want to talk about that? How we don't really need a cup of coffee. And if you're that dependent on caffeine or being nice to people with your, because you have your coffee, like there's something going on. We need to talk about (laughs) Right. Like, but we substitute anything. But we really do. It it is very it is very um it's very hard to fine-tune that little place it in is. our hearts. 
It is. And it is necessary. And I think changing that cultural narrative, that's what I love about what you're doing with that. I, when I work with women one-on-one, for instance, I mean, we talk about that a lot because there is something. So, and often for me, there's many somethings. There's many things that I need that fine tuning where I believe I need that, that that will fulfill me or be, that will help me or or be whatever in understanding that when I feel that, that should raise a red flag for me. That yeah. should make me say, why do I feel like I need that? Yeah. Like, well, I think, I, I feel like that's why fasting can be such a powerful spiritual discipline and mm-hmm. people, they go through Lent and they like give things up, but so many times they miss the purpose of it. Right. And through fast, like take a break fast from it. And instead in, in those holes of where you would be filling that in, fill in your blank, whatever it is, you fill in more Jesus, right? More time with the Holy spirit and abiding. And it shows you, you don't need, you don't need any of that. And it's fine. You put it back in. You only fast for a period. You put these things back in because they're not bad things, right? right? You don't fast from bad things. You fast from good things. Yes. To help you realign yourself with spiritual truth that the only thing you really need is Jesus. Amen. Period. Yes. <laughs> right. And yes. then you're realigned and you're saying to the fast, you're saying, God, I want you more than I want any of these other things. Mm-hmm. Like they're good. They're great. They're beautiful gifts, but I don't want them at all compared to how much I want you. Yes. And you just use fasting to realign your heart. And it is, it's, it's, it's this heart check. It's a, it's a, it's a mind conscience heart check <laughs> of fine tuning that where, where am I at on that? Am I going to the wine? Am I going to the coffee? Am I going to chocolate? Am I going to whatever it is? Um, am I going to that? Right. Am I going to that before I go to God? Yes. Yes. I know that for me, there have been many seasons where I've had to actually, I can't even get there. Like I have been so in hard, you know, hard seasons or whatever, where, or I'm angry. I'm a little bit angry at God because my life isn't looking great. Yeah. Um, I'm not enjoying it. And so the concept of saying, well, I need more Jesus for me. There've been many times where it's been like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but <laughs> like, uh, um, and <laughs> it's not, it can sound kind of cliche and almost like, okay, that makes you, it makes it sound too easy. But no, but what I'm saying even too is that I've needed to, I can't even get there of saying that's what I need. It's almost like I have to go, okay, God, okay. I mean, I can see it on one level of my mind, but mm-hmm. really, Lord, I'm going to actually, I need you to help me get hungry for Jesus. Like, yeah, I don't even, I think I'm so dampened down my desire for him. Yeah. I'm not even sure if I'm hungry yet for him to fast from these other things and only consume him, you know, to to only position myself there. And I know that I have had to, in those seasons, truly just go, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to need your help because I don't, I don't feel it at all. But, but to to that point, like, I think a lot of times Jesus, God is so faithful to teach us stuff, even in those moments, because Mm -hmm. our faith, we, we live in a very sensual culture. Mm-hmm. Where even in the Christian culture, we have this kind of view that our emotions and how we feel is representative of where our relationship with God is at. And if I'm not 
feeling it, then, oh, I'm really just, I'm separated from him right now. There's a wall there. And it's, there's so much freedom when you let go of that. And I think sometimes we walk through these seasons where we don't feel close and we're struggling with the emotions and the feelings of faith and feeling like we're getting, you know, butterflies in our stomachs when we read our Bible, right? We go through seasons that don't feel great, but the beauty of it is that that doesn't at all affect our standing with Christ. Right. Right at all. Like, and you can stand in that moment and you can pray and you say, God, I don't feel, I'm not feeling a lot of your presence right now, but thank you, God. You're right here. You're right here. You're inside of me, whether I feel it or not. And you can pray in faith and in confidence of that. Yes. I feel like there's so much power and freedom in that and like getting past the emotions. Yes. And he doesn't, he doesn't leave. He isn't. And I think that that is huge for so many people who are listening, because I do believe that there's been seasons of my life where I have believed, well, I don't feel like I'm close to God. I don't feel like he hears my prayers and understanding instead. No, no. These are truths accurate in scripture. I will not leave you or forsake you. I am full on engaged. I'm in listening with bended ear, tuned yeah. in, hearing what you're saying. I am eyes totally zoned in on you. Not I'm Jehovah. I am the God who sees and, and understanding scriptural truths versus my feelings and having to make the choice to say, okay, then I choose to plant in these truths. Right. Not, Absolutely. not my feelings. Yeah. Because my feelings they, lie. Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> feelings lie all the time. And I think, honestly, let me, let's, let's come full circle with this. This is why we go to the glass of wine. This is why, because we get a feeling and we're chasing a feeling. We're chasing that feeling or we can, we're not always, but we can chase a feeling from a, that a glass of wine gives us or a bite of chocolate gives us or exercise gives us or shopping online gives us, right? We can yeah. chase that feeling and because maybe we don't, aren't getting that feeling in our quiet time with the Lord right now. And we don't have that feeling. So we're trying to find it and we need to like push past that and realize that our faith is not about our feelings. Mm-hmm. Like truth is truth, regardless of how we feel like yes. Jesus already did the work. It is done. You are righteous Amen. period point blank, right? Amen. Righteous. Yes. Like your sins are forgiven. You're not backwards and he's not seeing it all over you you are just perfectly sinlessly standing there before him made righteous regardless of how you feel you are his daughter period mm. you know and just and i think you you almost have to preach it to yourself when you're not feeling it mm-hmm. you just have to keep saying those truths over and over in the scriptures like you said have your scriptures over and over that you just keep going back to and just it's not about how we feel don't chase the feeling that's right it's the truth Amen. Oh my goodness. And that, <laughs> that'll preach. And that was it. Y'all, I remember, so yeah, I know you were, you were talking earlier about a scripture and the one that keeps coming to my mind is Romans. I think it's in Romans five. You might have to correct me on that, but where it talks about Abraham and how Abraham, he didn't like, he was given the promise, right. But it didn't make any sense. Right. Yes. 
it didn't make any sense, but he chose that, that natural knowledge, right? That, okay, I'm old and Sarah's womb is pretty much dead. That natural knowledge didn't actually deter his faith, right? That feeling didn't deter his faith. It actually made his faith grow. It bolstered his faith because he believed in the God who creates something out of nothing. <laughs> like yes. literally that's the verse. And I'm like, Oh, do you get that? Like God is bigger than all of our natural knowledge. Yes. That's why I just keep going back to Jesus is bigger than everything. Even if science makes it sound a certain way, or if culture wants us to tell us, this is how it is. Like you have to believe it. This is how it is. Well, no, we believe in a God who does miracles. We believe in a God who defies our natural knowledge sometimes in order to make himself known. Yeah. He's the one who created everything and he's the one who makes us righteous. That's right. That's Hebrews. I think you're talking about, I think it's one of my, it's one of my favorite verses. If it's Hebrews four, it's at the end of Hebrews four, right before Hebrews five, where it says no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Yes. Thank you. Maybe we are in Hebrews. I told you, I'd, I told yeah, you I'd get things wrong. I say things wrong. All the, it's why I like to write. Okay. Because I mean, that's okay. It's it, Hebrews 4.20 says, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew yes. strong in his faith as he gave yes. glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And that is why his faith. That is it um, right there. Oh man. I just love it. It gives me goosebumps every time I read it. I love that verse. It, me too. It's a screensaver. It's my screensaver on my phone. It? It oh is. my goodness. I've been reading Romans lately and I'm just like, obs- I'm obsessed with Romans right now. Yeah. I just can't get past it, but I was going back to Hebrews. <laughs> and so I think I got them a little mixed yeah. up, but yes, that just gives me goosebumps in it. To me, that is such an incredible perspective shift on everything. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, and you take that verse and you look at it in your parenting and in your marriage and in your job and in just in daily life, in all of our struggles, we look at that verse and we, it's, it takes everything that the world wants us to see things one way. And it yeah. just, we're going to shift over here yes. because this is, this is biblical truth. This is the God we serve. And he is bigger than all of this other stuff. Yeah. I love yes. that. You and he is so good. Oh, he's that so has good. been, that has been my, when my first one went to college and I began to say, what just happened? And oh my gosh. And God goes, you need to stand on the promises in the word and don't let anything make you waver. And I just, that, that verse is the verse that I've claimed. And it's been there, you know, since then <laughs> on my screensaver, I've got it memorized, but, but I have to read, I have to keep going back. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about the, the importance of the gospel has to be something we remind ourselves of over yeah. and over and over because it is a new moment and yeah. it requires a new look every time. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes it doesn't, you know, walking it out, it's easy to say, sometimes it's hard to walk it out. It is. Right. I mean, there's times you take this really big truth, right? God is bigger than like natural knowledge, right? Mm-hmm you take this really big truth and you're like, all right, so here's our concept. Like, let's take this to the extremes because it can go to the extremes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can sit here and say, well, we need all these vitamins in order to stay healthy. Okay. But do we trust in a God who doesn't need vitamins to keep us healthy? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
are the vitamins still good? Do I take vitamins? Yes, I do. <laughs> but do I still believe God could keep me healthy without them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you got to find this, like walking it out. It, it's walking out this balance and walking it out. And you got to see where God's going to call you in different parts of your life. And that's a very individual thing. Mm-hmm. That's not just black and white. There are people right. who have, you know, he calls them to give up drinking. Mm-hmm. Great. There's no judgment on any of this because I think he has called us all to different places in our walk with him. And he knows our own hearts and our own weaknesses. And he knows what we need in order to have the best relationship with him. Yes. What we need in order to glorify him the most with our lives. And that's going to be different for each of us. Um, There's clear black and white sins in the Bible, not to say that there's not, there definitely is. But in terms of a lot of these areas where we're talking about good things, and whether or not they can become bad things, it is very individual into yeah. where God calls us and leads us into it. And we just, mm-hmm. we need to be brave enough to ask the questions and to check our hearts and not just brave enough, but want something better. I think we don't want to check our hearts sometimes because we're scared. He's going to say, well, I don't want you to drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who are like, I don't want to ask that question because what if? <laughs> What if he says no more? Yeah. (laughs) Right. But you know what? If he does call you to that, it's because he's got something better for you. And it's going to be so good in your life. And let that motivate you. And yeah, I mean, he has not called us to do that. We still enjoy our glass of wine. It's a big part of hospitality for us. We love offering a glass of wine to other people. And like I said, Brad has his cigar nights. And it's amazing how these men will come over who are kind of tough on the exterior and they have a glass of bourbon and you know what they start talking more and Mm -hmm. opening up more Mm -hmm. and God uses that in order to have these conversations that would not have happened and let's Brad speak the gospel to these men who he may not have had an opportunity Mm -hmm. to do it otherwise Mm -hmm. and you just look and you're like all right so God's going to call everybody to different places with it And it's just, what is your perspective on it? And how are you treating it? Are you using it as, are you treating it as a good gift that's God, that God has given and as a tool he can actually use in your life to further his kingdom and to glorify him and to help you, you know, know him more and to reflect him more, you know, are we keeping it in the right spot or are we, have we kind of lost sight of that? Those are good questions. And I think y'all, if you do not follow Joy, Joy, you are on Instagram by your name, Joy Pittner, and we'll put that link in the show notes, but you're also the Coastal Cupboard is is your, is your store. That's our store is the Coastal Cupboard. For all of y'all who have problems shopping and you're going to put it in the right place, but then you (laughs) really want to get some really amazing things for your home. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, we oh, do yeah. not have an online store. I feel bad. We, we talk about that store all the time. People come I know. Pay, like, we don't have an online store because honestly, our favorite part of what we do is, is talking with people in our store, interacting with them, like getting to know them and their lives. And like, it, we have people come in our store that they literally come to our store because it's, they're having the worst day and they come to see us because they walk in our store and it feels different and they mm-hmm. just, it makes them feel better to come in our store. I love, and I love that. I love that. That's, that's what we love. Yeah. That's I awesome. think it is too. I think God has used our store powerfully over the years and we're very, 
thankful for that. Um, but that's why we don't have an online store. We're like, eh, that's not really what, who we are and what we do. <laughs> it's <just> complicated. <laughs> well, um, I appreciate, I appreciate your time today. You have just flooded us with wisdom and, um, I'm excited to hear back from a lot of the listeners, their thoughts and, um, how that truth that God is, he is so worthy to be bigger than all of our other things and, and understanding that he has redeemed us in order to have this relationship with us so that we would walk with him in that way. It's just, um, I've loved today. I've loved today's talk. This has been so, a fun conversation. Uh, all right. Um, thank you for being here. And um, and I'm going to have to, we're going to have to have a whole long conversation about hospitality. We're going to have to do be that. fun. Yeah. That would be that good. That would be really fun. I feel like we had a whole list of questions and I don't even know if we had tackled three of them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We did not. But it's okay. It's been so awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.